to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Hi, good morning, church. Can you all hear me? Can, ah? Wow. Uh, I'm really uh, glad to be able to see you all again, and I want to thank your pastor for inviting me uh, to share God's Word, and I'm really uh, praying that the Lord will speak a word uh, to us uh, today. Yeah. Uh, I just want to read a passage to us from Mark chapter 3, and I just want to invite you to turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and I want to read to us from verse 13 through to 19. I want to invite you to keep your fingers on this passage through our time because we were looking, looking at this uh, scripture passage uh, through our time together. All right, so uh, just a short passage of a few verses, <clears throat> but very poignant and a very uh, pivotal one. <clears throat> so from Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James son of Zebedee and his brother John, to them he gave the name Bonages, which means sons of thunders, and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. You know, sometime back, the NASA Venus space probe carried an $18 million uh, Atlas rocket on its back. And suddenly, at the peak of its orbit, the rocket suddenly went a hard left and nosedived. The entire rocket crashed into the sea, was destroyed. And of course, investigators wanted to find out what happened. It was such a critical uh, a mission, you know, that cost so much money. And, and they found out later that it was all because in the computer code, there was a missing hyphen. And missing that one hyphen, you know, the computer was instructed, turn left, hard, nose, dive. And the rocket obeyed. That rocket was destroyed because of a missing hyphen. You know, sometimes God reveals something so pivotal to us. It's like that hyphen in our lives. A small thing that would, uh, as it were, make the difference in our lives for years and years uh, to come. It might determine whether we soar or whether we crash. I remember in the early years of my pastoral ministry in 97, I took the time to pray and fast. And during that time, you know, I was very serious about it. Each month I would fast for seven days. Each week, I would take, you know, two or three days out to just fast and seek the Lord. And during that first year of prayer and fasting, you know, I received this vision that one day I would go around building and strengthening strong churches to make churches strong. Fast forward 10 years, in 2006, 10 years later, God began to call me into a ministry to churches which I began to shape into a consultancy to help churches. And God began to open the door to work with uh, churches in not only Singapore, but in India, Laos, Thailand, Philippines, and Cambodia. And to this day, I'm still doing that 
consultancy work as was announced, you know, just now, to help build churches. And when I look back, you know, I realized that that revelation, that calling in that time of prayer was very key, something that was definitive for me even for years and years to come later on in my life. I believe that God wants to speak to us in a way that defines our walk with Him. And it's not just about serving in church ministry, but it can also be about decisions with regards to our families, our relationships with our finances. Uh, it can be even in our work where God may want to talk to us something that He wants to show us and walk with us through. Maybe, you know, in our work we are facing a situation where we are being transferred to another department and we say so many things are different. It's a different ball game. It's a transition. And God may want to speak to us something that is pivotal, that would change our direction for years. Maybe you're facing a crossroad regarding the way we work or we are forced to keep staff with us or, or let go of people or, or maybe even a job change. It could even be in your family. Your child has just started going to school and things are going to change again. Or your child is becoming a teenager and things are going to change, you know. When, when your child becomes an adult child, well, things really begin to change, right? And all these things that, that happen and during that time is a transition. And we should not take it as business as usual because God may want to put something, an impartation in our life that would spell the destiny of whether we go one way or another way. In fact, there are sometimes in our lives that such transitions, God may want to show us something so critical that could make that difference for years and years to come. That thing, whether we pay attention to it or we ignore it, will bring us to a path that we saw or perhaps a path that we crash. This passage we read describes one of those moments in the lives of 12 men. It was a defining moment, a God-revealing moment to them. What was going to happen there would determine the rest of the destiny of their lives for years to come. And it begins with these words. If you look at me in the passage in verse 13, it says this, Jesus went up on a mountainside. It tells us that Jesus took the time to leave the hustle and bustle of his work to go up to the mountain to spend time with the Lord and to, to hear uh, from God his Father, to seek uh, uh, God's revelation and insight. And out of this revelation, Jesus gives a call, a calling that is key and pivotal, something that would change the lives of these 12 men, and these 12 men changed the world. Friends, I believe God wants to use you to change the world that you are in. Do you want your loved ones to experience God's blessings? Amen? Yeah? Do you want your colleagues to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? Yeah, that's something we desire, right? Do we want God's blessing on our family? Amen? And on our ministry? Now, through all these things, you know, where we are serving the Lord, you know, relating with, with uh, uh, our loved ones and the family, we need the call of Jesus Christ in our lives. And Jesus has a call for all of us. I believe that. It's just a matter of what kind of call is it. But we need to have a sense of God's calling so that we can be a blessing. Help me do something. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, you need the call of Jesus in your life. Would you do that? You know, those of you who uh, are at work and all that, sometimes you receive an important phone call, right? And no matter what, you're in a family dinner or you're, you're in a meeting, you just say, excuse me, you know, uh, sorry, uh, I just need to get out a while. Uh, I must take this call. And friends, when God calls you, this is a call that you must take. You must take the call 
that God gives to you that interrupts and plants that something He wants to put in your life. And out of His love, God has put the calling of these 12 men in Scripture for all of us to see. You know, it's not there so that we can see, oh, God called them, you know, hey, God never called me. Sometimes you think like that, right? Who God called? All point to pastor. But I, I submit to you that that's not the purpose of it, you know. It's there. God put it there so that we can know what it's like when God calls someone. So that we can be open to the call of God in our lives. So that God can call us too. I want to pray that God will reveal an insight to you, for you and your church in this coming month's season as we go into uh, even 2024 that will determine the way you live your life even into the next year. I hope that you will let God speak into our hearts. And as we prepare to go towards the end, you know, already we are beginning to, to wind down. Some of you are planning for your holidays already, right? All that at the end of the year. Now, I know you're beginning to wind down already, you know. I mean, although we're not supposed to be, but you know, but I want to encourage you that in the spirit that you also see ahead. You see ahead into 2024 and allow you to God, God to allow God to speak to us about the purposes of God. I believe God will speak to your pastor about direction for 2024 as well. He's praying about it. Let's ask God to really bless us as we do that. Amen. Let's pause here for a word of prayer. Let me ask the Lord to bless our time. Father, we just want to commit this time to you, Lord. We come before you. We just want to confess we need you. We open our hearts to you. Lord, we lift up our lives and our hands to you. I pray that you will bless us, Lord. Speak your word into each and every one of us individually, into our families, our loved ones, and speak to us as a church that, God, uh, we would be positioned in, to walk in your steps. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with us three traits of God's calling uh, in our lives that I believe God gives to all of us. So the call of God has several things. The first, when God calls us, it is a call to fellowship regularly with God. It's a call to fellowship regularly with God. That is the first call that God gives to us. Look with me in uh, the Bible in verse 13. If you look with me there, the second part, Jesus called to him those whom he wanted. You know the words Jesus called to himself in the biblical Greek which the New Testament is written in describes the kind of a legal summons. It's a call to divine invitation. If today, you know, you went home and you opened your letterbox and you took out a letter and you saw, wow, a, a, a summon, you must appear in court. Wow, you know it's serious, right? Okay. Or, or, or you saw uh, 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 an embroidered white, you know, uh, 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 invitation, you know, as PM Lee makes his uh, National Day rally uh, speech, he invites you to come into the presence. Wow, this is serious. I mean, are you going to, it's a summons, it's a call. Are you going to reject an invitation from the Prime Minister? Are you going to reject an invitation from the King? The great God invites you to spend time with Him, to come to His presence. And here in this verse, Jesus says He calls His disciples because He wanted them. That's what your Bible says. Friends, Jesus calls you and summons you into His presence because He wants you. He wishes for you. He takes pleasure in you. The English Standard Version of the Bible puts it this way. Jesus called to them those whom He desired. Friends, Jesus desires you. That's why He calls you. You know, I don't know whether uh, when you are young, you know, and you uh, 
go to a party and you meet guys and girls. I know some of you young, it's like ancient history, yeah? but if you just recall a bit back, huh? the time when you went to a party and you met a girl or you met a guy and you thought, this guy is so cute, you know, this, this girl is so pretty, and you, you, the, the, you strike up a conversation while you're pouring the water or something or punch you know, for the person, and you, you, you know, talk and you wonder, oh, what do they think of me? Uh? You know, in this conversation, I mean, uh, do I need to say something humorous? Do I need to say something insightful? You know, otherwise, will they find me boring or not? You know, and, and, and you think about that. And sometimes I just wonder if you come before God, God who knows your every joke already, right? Huh? Every insight, every gimmick that you have, what does God think of me, you know? What can I possibly say you know, to, to strike out the conversation? But the Bible tells us that when God summons us, this is how He thinks of us. He brings me to the banquet hall his banner over me is love. The Bible tells you that God loves you. He longs for you. That's why He calls you. You know, I remember when I was a student studying in junior college. At that time, I had been brought up in a traditional church and in this church, we, we only learn cognitively about what God is, is uh, like. We, we knew Him from what we study and read in the Bible. But one day, you know, after class in a lecture theatre, uh, the lecture was over and everybody went off, you know, for the canteen break. Huge hall, you know, everybody went off and it was empty. I just stood down there, sat down there where I was. I didn't move because I felt this, this uh, stirring in my heart. I said, God, would you help me to worship you? Help me to love you. Help me to, to feel your love. And it was so interesting because as I prayed that, I suddenly felt, you know, a sense of God's presence. I felt... Uh, his love just washed over me. And I just felt God just speak to me, a deep impression in my heart, you know, the, the voice that just came that said, you are my son. I love you so much. You know, and I was so touched, you know, I, I raised my hands, I cried out to the Lord with tears, I was singing before God. Okay, it was an empty lecture theatre, okay? Just clarify, huh? all right? And I cried out to God and raised my hands to Him and I realised that day that there is one who is the lover of your soul. One who is a lover of your heart. He calls you because he desires you. You know, a man in a restaurant at 8 p.m. waited with a rose in the candlelight. He sat alone at the table, set out for two. He waited and he waited, but he did not have a date that night. He left the restaurant at 8.30. On the second night, that man came again to that restaurant waited at the same table with a rose in the candlelight at 8pm, but he didn't have a date that night. He left again at 8.30. On the third night, when he came to the restaurant and sat down, the waiter in the restaurant had observed that this man had been here the last two nights, and he, he went up to the man and said, Sir, are you, waking, are you waiting for someone? Are you waiting for a date? And the man replied, Yes, with someone I would love to get to know better. She made a commitment to Meet me at 8 p.m. but has not turned up. I will keep on waiting for her. And as the man left, a girl turned over in the bed and wrote in her journal, Sorry God, I know I made a commitment at the beginning of the year to have a quiet time with you at 8 p.m. every night. But I'm too tired. I'm going to sleep. I will try again tomorrow. Have you been responding to God's invitation for you to spend time with Him? Are you often saying, I'm too tired, I'll try again tomorrow, another time? 
you know, when I look back, I've not been spending as much time with God as I would like. If these are the things that you would say, I want to ask you, what has come between you and God? Is it your job? Is it your worries? Is it your drivenness? Is it your distraction? Coming into intimate time with God is a fundamental and eternal part of your call. And the most fundamental and important gift that you can give to your ministry, to your cell group members, to your spouse, to your children, to your family, is a person who walks in God's presence. A person who feels God's heart for the people around them. And that only comes through fellowshipping with God regularly. Everyone say after me, regularly. One more time, regularly. Fellowshipping with God regularly. There's a song whose uh, lyrics go like this. Come away, come away, come and spend some time with me, come away. And the words of the song go on to say, let your heart and mind be still. Let your empty cup be filled. Can't you hear the Spirit calling? Come away. Do you need your cup filled today? Your heart and mind still in the coming season. Will you respond to God's call to fellowship with Him regularly? As you go into the season towards the end of the year and prepare for 2024, will you reorganize your life? Make a new commitment to spend time regularly with God who is the lover of your heart. Is this the hyphen that will make a difference in your life? A second aspect of the call of God for each of us is a call to be forged in mind and character. A call to be forged in mind and character. Look with me at Mark chapter 3, verse 14 there in your Bibles, and it says this, Then Jesus appointed twelve that they might be with Him. Now, in the days of Jesus Christ, when a disciple-maker calls a disciple to be with Him, it would mean that the disciple would take time out to follow. He might even quit his job. He would leave his family to be with Him. They would spend 24 hours a day with their disciple-maker. They would live with him, eat with him, work with him. And the purpose was so that they would understand how the disciple-maker lived life and dealt with life's issues. The disciples would be forged, you know. They would be shaped. They would be changed in their character, the, the perspectives of life, the, the way they understood situations around them. And time and time again, when, when these 12 men spend time to be with Jesus, their perspectives will always change. James and John, the uh, apostles, once thought that to be highly honoured in God's kingdom was to do great and mighty feats. And they were so enamoured with glorious and big impact events, you know, that they said to Jesus, let us sit on your right hand and on your left hand. Do you remember that? Yeah. But Jesus showed them that the greatest in God's kingdom was the one who served others instead. And I wonder if some of us today are saying, you know, I really want to do great things for God. Nothing wrong with that. It's great. But these small things, I don't really want to do. They're a bit beneath me. Others will think I only do small things. Or some of us might be saying, you know, what I'm trying to do doesn't have the hope for impact. I, I just feel I've not done well before the Lord. Then what's the point? Do you know that in the time of Jesus, 
you know, in the list of great historical things that mighty kings and leaders did, being crucified on the cross was a small, insignificant footnote in history. A small thing. But Jesus lived in order to follow the Lord and to serve others around him. And Jesus was trying to say, while you're looking at all these big things, look at the people around you. Look at their cries. Look at their needs. Those who serve them are the greatest in my eyes, says the Lord. And for some of us, sometimes, you know, doors close, sometimes doors open, job opportunities may come and change. One moment, you are the blue-eyed boy in your office. The next moment, you know, you are not. And you may be struggling, you know, I don't like to do this kind of work. I, I prefer the past where I was better known, I was more valued. But perhaps God desires to position you in a place to meet people's needs and have a heart for others. And one thing that God wants us to do is to shape us in our attitudes towards reward and fulfillment in our work. He wants to change how we see that. Peter the Apostle once thought, I'm closest to God only when I'm the one who's most loyal and I never fail. I'm closest when I walk on water for the Lord Jesus Christ. He often said, you know, Jesus, if you are you, call me to walk to you on the water. Do you remember that? Yeah? And he often said to Jesus, you know, if others all deny you and let you down, I will not be the one. I will always be with you. I must be the best in the Lord. I must succeed. But Jesus showed him that God accepts us even at our weakest areas. And he uses us when we dare to face and understand our weakness with courage. And so Jesus said to Peter, though you deny me three times, when you rise again, strengthen your brothers. And I wonder if some of you today are saying, you know, I'm not good enough. I failed you. I keep letting you down, oh God, because of my, this temper or this addiction or this weakness. I can't walk according to, to what I expect and hope for. But God instead says to you, I will strengthen you. I will raise you up. And when you do, don't forget your weakness. Face up to it. Even if you, if you have to live with your weakness or your mistakes for now, but despite the weakness and mistake, focus on this. Rise up in the Lord Jesus Christ and strengthen your brothers and sisters. And friends, perhaps today that's maybe what God may be saying to some of you. Some of you have great weaknesses and struggles and God says to you, as you live it, as you accept it, even accepting it despite your weaknesses and consequences, focus on this instead. Out of your weakness, step up to serve the Lord and strengthen your brothers and sisters. I want to say this is a very poignant word to some of us because I know that many of us sometimes feel we are not good enough for the ministry we are called to or the task that is ahead of us. And we feel that we struggle with things in our lives. But as Jesus spent time with Peter, the Word of God wants to shape the way we think, to be able to look at our weaknesses in a way that allows God to lift us up and to say not to focus on this, but to focus on serving the Lord and strengthening our brothers and sisters. God wants to shape the way you see your limitations and your weaknesses. See, through time immemorial, God has called these people to be with Him. And as they journeyed with Him, He began to shape the way they look at themselves, the way they look at the world, the way they look at their work, how they think and how they see life. 
And friends, similarly, God wants to shape you. You know, when we get married, no? all of us have a dream home. When I got married, you know, I had my dream home. All glass panels one, you know. Uh, sunroof, uh, koi pond, pebbled stones, maranti balcony. And then back to reality, uh, three-room flat somewhere, you know. Can find a place happy already. Uh. But if I ever had a chance to build, I wish for that dream home. Friends, God has a dream home. His dream home is you. He wants to build you up to a fully discipled person. He wants to forge your mind, your life into what He meant for you to be. Help me do something. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, God's dream home is you. Would you do that? And I wonder if today, you know, you may be feeling a clear leading from God to do something in your work or in your church or in your family or in your ministry. I don't know what God may be speaking to you about. Maybe something in your family that will take sacrifice. Something in your work that will take humility. Something in your ministry that will take courage. I submit to you that if you take a step of faith to follow God into that sense of leading and call, God will shape you. He will forge you more into His purposes for your life. Brothers and sisters, you are not yet at your best. You are not yet at your best. God wants to forge and shape you. Who is this me that God intended for me to be? What have I discovered about this discipled me, this redeemed me? We discover this me when we study God's Word regularly. We, start, we rediscover this me when we follow God's leading in our lives and obey God's word to us amidst our challenges. We discover this me when we have spiritual friends that can speak to us, that can encourage us. Someone that will come be, beside us and say, hey, didn't you say that God asked you to do that? It's time for you to do that, you know. I know it's difficult, but I'm going to stand and pray with you. We need friends like this. Sometimes I want to say to you, we can't do it alone. No matter how mature we are, I believe we, we, it's hard to do everything alone. You know, we need spiritual friends and even mentors who can kick us in the butt if we need to. You know? And there is great value in these spiritual friendships uh, who will knit our hearts with us and help us to obey the Lord. I hope that God will provide you such friendships as you go into the coming year. Uh, turn to someone next to you, help me say this to them, how can I kick you in the butt for God? Uh, take that seriously, yeah. Uh. Friends, some of us today uh, may be facing a, a challenging situation. Maybe it's in our studies or school or our family. But if these situations merely stress you, but has not yet challenged or shaped the way you think according to God's word, you have not yet allowed God to forge you. You following me? You know one of the one of the words in uh, the New Testament in Greek that is used to translate in, into English for the word preaching is to shape someone's perspective. If you attend great sermons and say, wow, fantastic, solid, altar call, but you go back and your, your perspective has not been shaped, the true preaching of God's word has not yet impacted your life. And I know this is God's desire that He will shape and change some way that we see some part of our life. Is this 
change of perspective, that missing hyphen, that would make a difference in your situation. Okay, you know today, I don't know why, I just feel we're all a bit somber. So I'm going to tell you a joke. Can I tell you a joke? Okay, I'll tell you a joke. Huh? Can? All right. How many psychiatrists does it take to change one light bulb? Answer, answer. Someone say 15. Come, come. Those from the back, call out answer. How many psychiatrists does it take to change one light bulb? Come. One. Very good answer. Any others? Five. Oh, all right. Okay, I'm trying to get you all to, you know, yeah. The answer is only one, but he must want to change. Only one, but he must want to change. Do you all get it? You sure you get it? Okay, okay. If you don't get it, you, after you ask someone next to you, okay? But I want to say to you, friends, you don't need a lot of resources of people to help you grow and change. Sometimes we think, oh, wow, if only uh, uh, to change, I need John Maxwell to teach me on leadership, you know. You know, we need this uh, uh, a great speaker, to uh, apostolic speaker to, to train me. We need this great teacher, you know, to teach us. Actually, we, all these are great resources, don't get me wrong. But they're all good resources, but in a fundamental way, you don't really need them. Because the Bible says, uh, the person you need is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you and grow you and change you. All these things are good. But even then, the Holy Spirit is not enough. Wow, you know, I say this kind of thing. Because for impact in your life, besides the Holy Spirit, it needs one more thing. You must want to change. Does it make sense? Yeah. And I pray that that will be the outcome of our time today. That you will be available. You must want to change. And I pray that as the Lord speaks to you, you will be open to that. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, please say yes to God. All right, let's go on to the third aspect of the call of God, and that is a call to fulfill God-given tasks. A call to fulfill God-given tasks. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 uh, tells us, if you look with me there in the middle, it says this, that Jesus might send them out. You know, in the police academy on graduation day, the commissioner says to the new policemen, as they are given their badges of authority, he says to them, when you go out and put on your uniform, you have a responsibility because you have authority. When you raise your hand, the car will stop. When you call a civilian, they will come to you. When you pull out your gun, you have the power to maim and to kill. This, this authority is not to be invested lightly. You must use it wisely. And we read even in Singapore, you know, uh, the newspapers published sometime back that in certain possible terroristic uh, suspected activities, police are given even greater powers than normal. When Jesus sent them out, the, the, the word sent uh, is not a... Uh, wow, Pastor Philip preached so long, I'm so hungry already. Uh. I sent you out to the grocery store to buy some bread uh, lunch later on, can or not? Uh, I want copy siu tai, can? Some of you are already thinking of what to eat. But the word in Greek uh, denotes power and authority that is given with the sending. It's like the police commissioner who charges the, the new policemen and sends them out with great responsibility and power. And Jesus says this again at the end of his time uh, with these uh, 12 men and with others. Uh, and he puts this, uh, as it were, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Do you all see on screen? Let's all read it out loud together, okay? One, two, three. 
but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Thank Samaria to, to the to ends series. of the earth. Friends, God blessed. has given you a mission to fulfill and He will Keep give you the power to do it. Amen? I want to say to you that if the Lord is leading you to something in your workplace you think is so difficult or something in your relationship you think is so tough, you know, or something in church you say, wow, this is beyond me. If it is the Lord that is leading you, He will give you the power to do it. What do you feel is God's purpose for your life? Is it to share the gospel with someone that you care for very much? Is it to bless your family so that they may grow in the Lord? Is it to do something that would bless a colleague? Uh, a friend of mine, a young teacher, once shared that she had a dream from God and she saw herself sharing her testimony of salvation uh, before the crowds of tens of thousands of people. Not thousands, she said, I had this dream to share my testimony of tens of thousands. And that has been her passion. I've seen all her life, every opportunity she would have to share her testimony, she would. A lawyer in her 40s, uh, when she received Christ, uh, felt God put uh, on her heart to start a Bible study in the office for young Christians to grow. And some of us today, we feel that God is leading us to build a great marriage in our lives. How many of you know that a great marriage doesn't automatically happen? Right? We have to ask the Lord for power. We have to put that vision before us and say, God, if you are leading me to this, then I want to give my heart and I will believe you that you will give me the power. And I believe that God has put in us, all of us, a task to fulfill. Some of us, this sense of leading maybe for a period of time, some just for a season. For some of us, it may be for the rest of our lives. It differs with different people. How can we get a glimpse, if you're asking me today, Philip, how can we get a glimpse of this God-given leading and task? I want to share with you a way you can get a glimpse and a hint of it. Some of you may be very clear. You know God's call in your life. What is it about? You know how long it lasts. Some of us may be just beginning. We're not very sure we want to. Let me share with you a few thoughts. And uh, this is not on the slides. Okay, you may want to take it down if it find, uh, you find it helpful. The, the, we get a glimpse and a hint of God's call in our lives first from our passion. Okay, P is for passion, all right? When we are close to God and God feels us, what do we feel we want to make a difference for? What do we feel we want to have the impact? Well, we feel passionate about seeing something happen, whether it's in our families, in our work, or, 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 or uh, in our ministry. That's P, passion. The second thing that gives us a hint of God's call is opportunities. So O is for opportunities. What doors have God opened for us? What have something happened that some we expect, some we didn't expect, that suddenly there's an opportunity there. We never even thought, we didn't think this cannot be from the Lord, but suddenly there's an opportunity. And we want to begin to say, God, is this from you? And the third thing that gives us a hint of God's leading is wiring. Okay, the W that stands for wiring. What are we are wired to do well? What's our style of functioning? You know, uh, what can we do? What can we not do well? So P for power, O for opportunities, W for wiring. P-O-W, not prisoner of war, but short form for power. Turn to someone next to you and say to them, P-O-W means power. Would you do that? Our P-O-W hints at some of the things that God has put on us to do. Friends, don't ever doubt that God has a call for us to fulfill on earth. The Bible tells us these words. I'm going to put this on screen again. Okay, and uh, it's... Uh, okay, and you'll see it on screen. Let's read it out loud together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Okay, one, two, three. For we are God's workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Will you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you and empower you for the sense of Christ's call? And I hope that as you go into the next season, I hope that as you go towards the end of this year, while people are already beginning to think about winding down and, and going to the new year, would you also take the time to discover what God tells you? What about your passion, your opportunities and wiring? And some of you, to do that, you may need to develop the spiritual friendships around you and, and someone who will kick you in the butt okay, for something that God has called you to do and make a commitment to encourage you. But for all of us, I, don't, I want to encourage you, don't ever doubt that God has a call for you to fulfill something on earth. Have you been doing the things that God puts on your heart? One day when you stand before God, are you able to say, God, the things that you provided for me, you know, uh, due to my passion, my opportunities and my wiring, God, I've done them. I've been faithful. Friends, it's possible to fail in your God-given task. It is possible to be derailed, distracted or so discouraged that you give up on that task. In fact, of these 12 men we read in the Bible text today, they were called and given their task. There was one, Judas Iscariot, who failed. So don't fail in God's call for you as you move into the next season and into 2024 when you prepare uh, for that new year, why not make a resolution? Why not say, I'm going to discover some of the things God wants me to do in my family, in my studies, in my work, in my ministry. I will fulfill the things God has put on my heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be derailed or discouraged. I'm going to be faithful. That's a good resolution. Amen? Simon Peter preached, thousands of people were saved in Jerusalem. He was called a pillar of the church. The mere casting of his shadow upon the sick was capable of bringing about miraculous healing. And God used him to open the doors to non-Jews, people like you and me, to enter into God's kingdom. John, the brother of James, rose to a position of influence in Christendom all over the known world. Moving to Ephesus, he became a pastor overseeing the seven churches of Revelation. And in the bids to remove his influence, he was exiled. He was exiled to uh, the island of Patmos. But while there, God used him to write the book of Revelations, thereby increasing, not decreasing his influence. Philip went to Asia Minor. He labored in what is modern-day Turkey. There's a belief that he also ministered to the Gauls in France. Or Bartholomew, it is said that he was a very cheerful person. He knew many languages. He went through Asia Minor, eastward toward India, and then to greater Armenia. Matthew was the uh, gifted writer, perhaps the best educated of the first of the 12 apostles. He wrote the Gospel of Matthew. He went on several mission journeys, and it was certain that he went uh, to Persia as far as Ethiopia in Africa. Thomas is known to have planted the first church in Babylon, he went on to Persia and from there to India and preached the gospel, making many converts. The Matoma church uh, claims uh, descendancy uh, from Thomas in India. And this doubting Thomas became a fearless evangelist and a great builder of churches. James, son of Alphaeus, is said to have planted the seeds of Syrian Christianity. James was the, became the first bishop of the Syrian church. Thaddeus was one of the first apostles to leave Jerusalem for a foreign country. In fact, he's believed to be one of the first apostles to witness directly to a foreign Gentile king. Together with Simon the Zealot, he went preaching in Syria as far as Persia. 
Andrew, Peter's brother, is noted for having introduced Jesus to individuals. While the Apostle Peter was a fisher of men of the masses, Andrew was a fisher of men for individuals. And it's believed that Andrew uh, went to the foothills of present-day Georgia in Russia. And there he preached to the Scythians as far as the Caspian Sea. I want to invite the worship team to come up and take position. James, son of Zebedee. You know, James in the Bible, he was the first apostle to be executed for his leadership and faith. It is said that he preached the gospel to the Jews and slaves in Spain. And when James returned to Jerusalem, he was arrested. While led out to be executed for Christ, it is said that the man who had brought false accusations against him walked with him to his execution, expected to see James full of fear and trembling, but instead saw James bright and joyous like a conqueror who had won a great battle. And the man was so convicted by this that he himself later became a believer. You know, names are dear to us. And these names are dear to Jesus. Some of them are given nicknames, as we read. Simon called Peter the Rock, James and, and John, the sons of, of thunder because of their temper. They capture an identity, these names, and they are like family, dear to Jesus. And names in the Bibles are always precious. Verse 16 of our text tells us today, these are the 12 men he appointed, Simon, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot. You know, these men were not the kind that you would think would change the world. There was nothing special or spectacular about them. But here their names are precious to God. And their names are forever remembered because they fellowship with Christ, they were forged by Christ, and they fulfilled the task that was set by Christ. And friends, God calls you to today because you are precious to Him. He wants you to follow Him as they did. Friends, God calls you by name. God calls you by name. And your name is written in heaven. You know, the Apostle Andrew, in a bid to fulfill Christ's task for his life, went as far as Greece. And there in the church of St. Andrew in Patros, there is a book that is written in Greek in which Andrew's last words were recorded. And his words were, Accept me, O Christ Jesus, whom I saw, whom I love, in whom I am. Accept me into your eternal realm. Accept me, O Christ Jesus, whom I saw, whom I love, in whom I am. Accept me into your eternal realm. Friends, would you say to Jesus, I love you. I'm found only in you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I will do your work assigned to me. And Jesus called to him those he wanted. And they came. Will you come to Christ today? Will you take this call? I want to invite us to put down our things. Let's stand up to our feet. Let's close our eyes, quieten our hearts. I want to invite the worship team to respond to the Lord with this song. All I want 
is to see your face all I need it's a moment of grace it's in you that I have the faith to stand up and be strong cause I know I'm no It's in you that I have found peace of mind, freedom from my sin, and the power to love and forgive. I want to walk with you every day of my life to talk to you. In the good and the strife, you're my friend, you're my father for all time. Nothing can keep us apart. I want to walk. I want to walk with you every day of my life to talk to you. You're my friend, you're my father for all time Nothing can keep us apart You're the lover of my heart In the church, God calls you because He loves you He wants to walk with you through the good and the bad And there is one thing that He has promised that He will always be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I just sense that there are some of us who are going through really some down times. And the Lord says, I love you. I am the lover of your heart. And I want to invite you today to just open your heart once again to be refreshed by the love of God. And to walk through the ups and downs of your life with confidence that God will show you what to do. He will guide your steps because He loves you. For some of you, God is speaking to you about spending more time with the Lord and really seeking His face. I want to encourage you to make a commitment to put it into a plan. We plan for so many things, for our education, for our studies, for our, our work. But God wants you to put a plan for spending time with the Lord. And would you put that into your calendar as you go into next year that you will not lose that precious time when God makes a date with you. For some of us, you know, as we go through a, a difficult time, I really believe that, that God wants to shape you and forge you. You might be wishing that that difficult time would go away, but God is not talking to you about it that way. He wants to use it to shape you. And that very thing you're going through will make you a man of God and a woman of God. But what you need to do is to learn to surrender it to the Lord. That you need to say, God, I, I want to, what do you want to teach me through this as I go through? What do I need to change in the way I see things or feel? What do I need to change in my mindset? Would you help me? Rather than keep saying, God, take this away. God, show me what I need to grow and learn in. And that is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. And I feel that for some of us, 
God is speaking to you about having a spiritual friend. Not just a friend that is in church or happens to be a Christian, but someone that you can draw closer to, someone who is committed for you, someone who says, I want to see all of God's best in you. And perhaps this is the season where you begin to say, God, would you show me how I can come into this kind of friendship to encourage someone and have someone encourage me to truly follow the things of God in my life. I want to pray for us today. There might be someone also here who there's a task that God has been putting before you, but you've been putting it off and you've been saying, I don't think I'm ready. I'm just not good enough yet. I'm not prepared all the things. I'm just not ready. I've got too many things. But I also sense that God wants to say to you, you are ready when I say you are ready. It is my word to you, says the Lord. When I call you, it is the right time. Would you learn to trust me and walk with me? So I just want to give an invitation today for those of you who feel that God is speaking to you. And when God speaks to you, it is a call. Some of you, your call will last the rest of your life. Some of you, just for a season, just for a period, but you know that it is a call. And when God gives you that call, it's because He loves you. And if you sense some leading from the Lord today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you if you sense some leading of God's call. I want to pray for that grace, the courage and the strength to be able to do it. So for some of you, you're going through a downtime and God calls you to be refreshed in His love. Some of you, God calls you to make a plan for spending time with Him. For some of you, uh, God calls you to, to be open and surrender your challenges before the Lord, to let God shape the way you think. And, and some of you, God calls you to begin to form deep spiritual friendships. All these things are precious when God gives that leading and that call. And if God is speaking to you, I want to invite you to respond to Him. We're going to sing this again. And if the Lord is speaking to you about call, it could be in your church ministry, it could be in your family, in your work, in your finances, in your relationships. Would you come up to the front? I want to invite you to come up to the front. By coming up, you're saying, God, I hear your voice. I sense that this is your call. I want to know it better. I want to understand. I want to lay hold of it. I want to prosper. I want to walk with you through the good and the bad and to know that you are the one who is the lover of my heart. And I want to pray for you, an anointing that will come upon you to give you that passion that passion to follow after the Lord, the hunger to say, God, I want all your blessing for me. I want to follow after you. Would you do that? So as we sing this, if God is speaking to you, you just don't worry about other things. You just come on up and say, God, you see me. I'm here. I hear your call. I want to lay hold of this. All I want is to see your face. All I need. The Lord is speaking to you. Can I invite you to just come out to the seats and come to the front? Okay, if there's anyone God is speaking to you, I want to pray for you. That I have the faith to stand. Come, if God is speaking to you, come on up and say, God, I hear you and I want to receive this. I want to lay hold of this. I want to receive an anointing. Come. I'm no longer bound. It's in you. Just take that step if the Lord is speaking to you. You don't worry about the person on the right or the left. You just come on up and stand before. Okay, if there's anyone here, I want to pray for you today. 
I want to walk with you every day. Just come on up. Don't worry about person on the right or the left. This is between you and the Lord. Say, God, I hear you. I want to follow up. I want to lay hold of this call upon my life. You're my father for all time. Nothing can keep us apart. I want to walk with you every day. My life. Something about your studies. Something about your relationships, your finances. Whatever the Lord is speaking, if it's a call, it's precious. You just come on up. Can keep us apart. I want to walk with you. Is there anyone else? The Lord is speaking to you. I just want to invite you to talk with you. Just come on up right now. Just say, God, I want to lay hold of this sense of call, this sense of leading. Responding to the Lord's call, and if uh, there are others who still have to respond to the Lord, I just want to pray that you open your heart. And if some of you, if God is speaking to you, I just want to let you know that it's so precious. You know, for some people, sometimes we receive only one call in our life, and it's something that we have to lay hold of. And I just want to ask that the Lord will bless you in a deep way. I'm just going to give a few moments more. And if the Lord is speaking to you, would you open your heart and say to the Lord, "Lord, I need you. I love you. I'm found only in you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to be forged by you. I want to fulfill the tasks you have given to me. Oh God, would you receive me as I lay hold of you? I really hunger and desire after you." We're going to sing this chorus one more time. If the Lord is speaking, just give a, a minute more for anyone who needs to come up and lay hold of the Lord. Let's do that, okay? And if God is speaking to you, I just want to invite you. You don't worry about what person on the right or on the left. You just come on up to the front. Father, I just want to pray for these who are responding to you. Lord, I know that you are doing something very precious in them. And Lord, I just want to ask for your Holy Spirit to come. Even right now, that you will bless them, you will watch over them. Let your anointing come over them, Lord. Lord, I just want to ask that you would open the heaven and give them a very special grace. So, Father, I just want to pray right now that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, that the Lord will bless you and speak that grace on you, that the healing that you need, the Lord will provide, and that He will cover you. And out of where you have felt there is a deep hole in your life, that there will be a flowing of the Holy Spirit, a rushing of the rivers of living water. Father, I pray your blessing over her. I pray that you would give a very special grace and a ministry as well for the things that are difficult and challenging, that is sometimes found in our lives. That the Lord will make it a step that we can step over. And take a step up to, as it were, climb over the wall that is in our lives. 
that the Lord will anoint you and bless you in a deep and precious way. Father, let your Holy Spirit come and Lord, for those of us who need to receive something from you, I just want to pray a blessing that you would come upon every one of us. Come, if you feel that you need something from the Lord, let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. And I just want to pray over us before I pass the time back to the uh, uh, service leader. Father, I just want to pray for those of us who are reaching out to you, crying out to you, let your anointing come. I want to pray for your Holy Spirit to bless every person who has need here today. And that, Lord, there will be just an outflow of your Spirit that would bless and encourage them. Lord, would there be a rushing, flowing river, a rushing wind that will flow through us, that would fill us once again, Lord, that will return us to first love once again. Lord, that will draw our hearts to you once again. That will say we feel that sense that you are leading us, that you are calling us, that we want to follow you with all our hearts. Let your anointing come. Let your blessing come. We just receive all this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.